Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne. It is Tuesday night. I had to turn the air conditioner off. It's like 100 degrees in my living room, so let's try to roll through all this quickly before I sweat to death. Anyway, we are breaking down everything you need to know for Wednesday, August 11th, and the 11-game featured slate that gets going just past 7 p.m. Eastern time on DraftKings. We're also going to talk about some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook, but before we get to any of that, Let's talk about prize picks. If you head on over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code MMNMLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. So make sure you do that. And then if you so choose, follow me on these two plays Wednesday afternoon. Again, these are for the afternoon slate on prize picks. So if you want to play some prize picks for the 7 p.m. slate, you can. Probably use some of the data I'm talking about a little bit later on to make those plays. But let's start with Josh Donaldson to go under five fantasy points against Lance Lynn. And this has a lot to do with Lance Lynn. More so about Lance Lynn and his success than Donaldson and his struggles this season. Because most of Josh Donaldson's struggles have been injury-related. However, he has hit better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching. And right-handed batters in general have not done all that great against Lance Lynn so far this season. In fact, Lynn comes into this start holding right-handed opponents to a 216 Woba. That is microscopic. He's also striking out 33% of the right-handed batters he has faced so far this season. So generally speaking, it's good to side, you know, more pessimistically with right-handed batters when they're matching up with Lance Lynn. So under five fantasy points with Josh Donaldson. I will also take under five fantasy points with Charlie Blackman, who has not had a lot of success hitting against left-handed pitchers away from Coors Field so far in 2021. And that is, is exactly the situation he will find himself in on Wednesday afternoon. He's in Houston going up against Framber Valdez, who has struck out 30% of the left-handed batters he has faced so far this season, also has yet to allow a home run to a left-handed batter, while Charlie Blackman has a .051 isolated power facing left-handed pitchers on the road this season. It's just not the splits you want to be using Blackman in, who, in general, is having a pretty underwhelming season for the Rockies. So under five fantasy points for Blackman, under five fantasy points for Donaldson, and that's going to do it for the prize picks part of the show. But let's get into this 11-game featured slate on DraftKings because the star power at the top end of this pitching slate is pretty interesting. Um, You're going to have to choose between a couple guys in great matchups with some really great stats in 2021. I would think Corbin Burns is the one who kind of wins out in most people's minds. He is the most expensive pitcher on this slate. He is $10,300. Burns came into Tuesday leading all pitchers, all qualified pitchers in baseball in FIP. He's got a 1.66 FIP. In expected ERA, he's got a 1.84 expected ERA. And he was also leading all qualified pitchers in strikeout rate at 35%. So 
I mean, obviously, Jacob deGrom and the injury kind of looms large over this next statement, but there's a pretty good case to be made that Corbin Burns is the best pitcher in baseball right now, or he's been the best pitcher in baseball so far this season, and he's got one of the best possible matchups you could draw. I would say the best matchup at this point of the season in the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs have... I mean, thrown in the towel might be a little extreme. I'm sure they're still trying to win games, the players that they're putting out on the field, but this is a triple-A lineup. And since the beginning of August, they have hit like a triple-A lineup trying to make its way at the major league level. Not only do the Cubs have a 65 WRC+, plus, or they did coming into play on Tuesday, they have struck out in 32.7% of those plate appearances. That is astronomical. That is far and away the biggest strikeout rate in the month so far. And Burns already leads the league in strikeout rates. So we could be looking at a double-digit strikeout total in this contest for Corbin Burns. And he's going to be popular, but if that happens, he's going to be the kind of chalk you have to eat. And again, maybe some of that popularity will be cut back because there are other really good options above $9,000. Kevin Gosman is $9,900. He's the second most expensive pitcher on this slate, and he really found his groove again. His last start against the Arizona Diamondbacks, six innings pitched, one earned run, eight strikeouts. It's actually the second time since the beginning of June that Gosman has faced the Diamondbacks and come away with at least 27 DraftKings points. So his floor-ceiling combination going up against Arizona, pretty good. And even though some people don't like to use a pitcher the second time they are facing a team within the same week, Arizona right now, especially against right-handed pitchers, is just not all that formidable a lineup. They're not scary at all. Arizona actually has a 27% strikeout rate in August and just a .075 isolated power. So Gosman should be able to dominate this lineup again. I don't think his ceiling is quite as high as Burns's, which is why I lean to Corbin Burns. But again, both of these guys, independent of each other, are absolute studs, have great matchups, and should be heavily rostered on Wednesday. Another guy above $9,000 in a great matchup who has great statistics so far this season. Not quite the same track record as Burns and Gosman, but Alec Manoa comes into Wednesday at $9,100. He's had 10 starts for the Blue Jays in his rookie season, 2.58 ERA, an expected ERA of 3.28, and a 28.2% strikeout rate. The big pitch for Manoa, uses it about 30% of the time, is that slider. It is absolutely nasty, and it's generating almost a 19% whiff rate so far this season. He also gets a lot of swings and misses on his fastball. So, No reason to dislike Manoa at all. That's still a relatively fair price point for someone who's had the level of success he has had so far this season. And the Angels, though they did put up a pretty good showing in Tuesday's doubleheader in terms of their offensive output. This is a team with so many players on the IL. Trout, Rendon, Jared Walsh. They're just not nearly at the level they could be at offensively. And that's shown since the All-Star break. In fact, they have a 289 WOBA in that span of time. That is the second worst mark in all of baseball. The only team worse is Texas, and Texas almost doesn't even count at this point. So the Angels have been putrid offensively the past four weeks, and Manoa should be able to take advantage. So there you go. Three 
incredibly good, incredibly expensive pitching options you can use on Wednesday. Maybe you'll want to use two of those three guys, and then obviously you'll have to find some value on the offensive side of things. But one guy I did want to talk about before we move to the stacks, and I can assure you this is someone I have not talked about in a positive light all season long. Let's talk about Matt Harvey, who is the cheapest pitcher on Wednesday's slate. He comes in at $5,000 flat. And I guess that's the most important aspect here is that if you're going to be that cheap, your window of opportunity is a lot wider. Matt Harvey only has to score 15 DraftKings points to be a 3x player on Wednesday, but his past four starts have been notable. He's got a .81 ERA. He's holding opponents to a 197 WOBA in that four-start span. He's only given up one home run in that four-start span. Now he's only got a 14% strikeout rate. His FIP is well over three in that span of time. So again, he's not great, and regression is probably coming, but he's looked decent. He's looked good enough where I wouldn't stack against him right now, especially considering the Tigers, they've got some bats who are a lot better against left-handed pitching than they are against right-handed pitching in Eric Haas, in um, Jonathan Scope. So I don't know. I I just think, especially with the Tigers striking out almost 30% of the time so far in August, if Matt Harvey can survive five innings, maybe give up two earned runs and strike out five, maybe he gets the win especially considering that the Orioles get to face a left-hander in Scooble on Wednesday. So they could score some runs in this game. Maybe the win expectancy is a little bit higher than usual. This game is in Baltimore. I could see Matt Harvey coming out of here with 17, 18 DraftKings points. And again, maybe that's not enough for people to want to use him. But considering you're going to have to spend up at least once at pitcher, I don't know. You could do worse than Matt Harvey. I'll have a little exposure. Not a lot. Not a lot. But I will have a little exposure to Matt Harvey on Wednesday. Okay, let's talk about my favorite stack. Let's stop talking about Matt Harvey. It's weirding me out. Let's go with the Boston Red Sox up against Josh Fleming of the Rays. This game is in Boston, and that's really important. One, Boston tends to hit better at Fenway Park. Two, Josh Fleming is a different pitcher when he is not pitching at Tropicana Field. So far this season, he has a 6.39 ERA, and he's giving up 1.9 home runs per nine when pitching on the road. His strikeout rate is 20.5% at home. Now, that's not a great number, but that's only slightly below league average. It's livable. You can deal with that. His strikeout rate drops to 10.3% on the road. I have no idea what happens to this guy when he leaves Tropicana Field. But he is a shell of himself. And the Red Sox have a bunch of guys who tee off on left-handed pitching. So if Fleming is going to not have his A stuff, that could mean a lot of crooked numbers for the Red Sox. Xander Bogarts is $5,000. J.D. Martinez is relatively cheap at $4,600. Kike Hernandez has been on fire since about mid-June. He's only $4,300. He'll be hitting leadoff in this game. Hunter Renfro... I mean, we've got about a half decade of data that Hunter Renfro is a great platoon hitter, great platoon bat, a lot of power. $3,600, he'll probably be hitting fifth or sixth in this lineup. But the one name I kind of wanted to talk about just as a value play that you might overlook, Kevin Ploiecki has been DHing for the Red Sox and hitting right in the middle of their lineup against left-handed pitching recently. And the reason for that is he has a 151 WRC+. Plus against Southpaws so far this season. So he's only $2,900. He really makes, 
I mean, look, this Red Sox stack isn't terribly like expensive to begin with. It's it's relatively cheap actually, but his addition in that stack really brings down the average price per player. And you can do a lot of stuff with the Red Sox. Again, especially because you're probably going to want Burns or Gosman or Manoa, one of those guys at the very least. So you're going to have to be frugal somewhere, and Ploiecki can definitely help you in that regard. Okay, before we get out of here, let's talk about some best bets on Wednesday. Let's go back to Lance Lynn and this White Sox-Twins game. So it's actually Lance Lynn against Bailey Ober. I don't like Bailey Ober. Um, Doesn't inspire me with a lot of confidence, And, you know, it's not a small number, and the White Sox are on the road, but they're only minus 165 on the money line. I really think that should be closer to minus 190, maybe even minus 200. Lance Lynn is 5-1, or the White Sox are 5-1 in Lance Lynn's past six starts, and he has also dominated the Twins so far in 2021. He's made four starts against the Twins. He's thrown 24 innings, only four earned runs in those 24 innings. That translates to a 1.50 ERA. So the pitching matchup here just seems really lopsided. The White Sox are back up to full strength. They've got Eloy Jimenez. They've got Luis Robert back in the lineup. Again, this should be higher than minus 165, so I'm going to take advantage on the money line there. And in a similar spot, we've got the Brewers on the road, but they're only minus 150 on the money line against the Cubs. Corbin Burns, as I mentioned, arguably the best pitcher in baseball. And Jake Arrieta, not the best pitcher in baseball. And that's really not a stretch at all. Jake Arrieta's last nine starts. So going back to the beginning of June, he's got a 9.48 ERA. And opponents in that span of time are slugging 679 off of Jake Arrieta. They've got a 463 Woba, and they're hitting 3.9 home runs per nine. This Brewers offense is pretty good. Willie Adamez has been great. Rowdy Telez has been great. Christian Yelich is back. Like, they've got left-handed bats to throw at Jake Arrieta, and he's been awful for about two and a half months. So you've got a guy who's been allowing more than a run per inning for 10 weeks going up against the guy with the best FIP and the best expected ERA in baseball, and that team is only minus 150 on the money line. I know I'm taking some, like, mid-tier favorites on the money line, so look, if you want to parlay them together on the DraftKings Sportsbook, it pays out at plus 167, so maybe that'll wet your whistle a little bit, but again, I think these should be closer to minus 200. They're not. I'm going to take advantage. So the Brewers, minus 150, and the White Sox, minus 165, and that's going to do it. For this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network, I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.